Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, we will finish up our player spotlight on John Thompson Jr., including the rest of his time at Georgetown, many of the obstacles he had to face, including protesting, facing a drug lord about his players, and all the rest that went on, his post-basketball life, as well as what he had to say and what others had to say about him. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we are continuing with our player spotlight on John Thompson. So far, we covered his early life. We covered his days at his high school. We covered his days at Providence. We covered him entering the NBA, his two years with the Celtics, and then we covered him leaving the NBA to pursue a job coaching high school ball players in Washington, D.C., which thus led to the Georgetown job, him getting that. And we did all the years up until the Patrick Ewing years. So let's continue. In 1985 86 and then 1986 87, I consider that to be the Reggie Williams era. And in that era, they they did they did good. They did good. Uh, 1985 86, they went 24 and 8, finishing third in the conference. The Big East Conference, that is. They would lose in the second round, though, to Michigan State in a uh, a crafty guard named Scott Skiles. And that was a Judd Heathcote coach team. So they lost in the second round in the NCAA tournament. And that team ended up finishing 13th in the final AP poll. And then the following year, they went 29 and five, finishing first in the con- in the Big East Conference. They went to the NCAA tournament and they lost in the regional finals. Uh, they lost to Providence under another crafty guard named Billy Donovan. So, and that team finished fourth. Overall in the final AP poll. Then you go to 1987-88. Where Reggie Williams. He moves on to the NBA. And you have a team. Not not a lot of star power on it. But yet it's still they finished 20-10. and 10, Finishing third in the Big East Conference. They would... Go to the NCAA tournament and lose. He lose to his friend John Cheney and the Temple Owls in the second round in the NCAA tournament. And that team had uh, Mark Macon on there. Boy, he was he a fantastic player in college. And Tim Perry, so a uh, pretty good team there that he lost to. So, so following the 
1987-88 season. John Thompson was named the Olympic, the Summer Olympic basketball head coach. He coached a team that had uh, some pretty good players on it. Uh, David Robinson from Navy. He had Mitch Richmond on there. Danny Manning, of course, from Kansas. Uh, Dan Marley, Central Michigan. He had his own player. Charles Smith was on that squad. Uh, Hershey Hawkins was on that team. And J.R. Reed from North Carolina. That This team would be the last set of players that were only amateur players, collegiate players. Uh, this team, however, did lose to the Soviet Union in the semifinals. A team that w- had basically they... It was these kids playing against men. Arvidas Sabonis, who was a fantastic basketball player um, during his time. And also Sarunas Marcellonis, who eventually ended up playing for Golden State Warriors. Sabonis, he would go on to play for Portland. Uh, but he, when he got there, it was after his knees were pretty much shot. But he, he, even still with that, he was still fantastic when he played in the NBA, nonetheless. So, uh, but that's the team that the U.S. lost to. But they did win bronze. They beat Australia. So, um, so you know the. Many would say that led to the creation of the Dream Team and those guys in 1992. So so upon John Thompson coming home from the Olympics, he got word that a few of his players, um, actually soon-to-be freshman Alonzo Mourning and sophomore John Turner, was hanging around a local drug lord named Rayford Edmund the third. Uh, he was a he was a Hoya fan. He went to the games, and he also went to the you know went to the clubs as well, um, where he saw a few of the Hoyas, where a few of the Hoyas would hang out, you know, and do their thing there. So so he started to you know befriend these guys. When John Thompson heard that, he says um, he orders a face-to-face meeting with Rayford where he pretty much asked him not to associate with his players anymore. And ironically enough, Rayford was arrested and sentenced to life without parole for drug trafficking months after the meeting. So, uh, and then the <laughs> In that meeting, there's a lot of different reports about what was said in that meeting, you know, uh, given John's colorful language at times there, (laughs) Uh, you could imagine. But this is what he says. He says this in his autobiography, I Came as a Shadow. A myth has grown about me threatening Rayford and ordering him to stay away from my players. 
Some people like to say I stood over him and pointed my finger in his face. That's nonsense. That myth is based on the perception of me as intimidating and a bully. Like when I argue with refs, I supposedly scared them. And then he continues on to say, My conversation with Rayford was less than what everybody said, and also more. The conversation was between two black men from Washington who both loved basketball, respected each other as human beings, and had enough intelligence to work out a solution to our problem. Throughout the whole conversation, Rayford was as polite and cooperative as could be. I was polite too. It would have been stupid to make Rayford angry. Uh, yeah, being that um, they pretty much linked him to reportedly 30 murders at the time. Although he was never convicted. But, yeah, and... You know, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I don't see, you know, you know, they like to play things up. But, um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to go with John Thompson's version of the story. How about that? So, so that's, so that's that bit of news. So, so he, he does what John Thompson says and, but, but eventually he gets, um, he gets uh, put in jail. So, so we enter the 1988-89 season. Like I said, Alonzo Mourning. He's now a freshman there, and they also have a sophomore by the name of Dikembe Mutombo. So, this team goes 29 and five, and they finish first in the Big East Conference. They win in the first round in a tough game against Princeton. At the time, was coached by Pete Carell. Pete Carell was known for his defensive philosophies and so forth and the way he ran his, his teams. So that was a pretty tough first-round matchup for the Hoyas there. And then second round, they would defeat Notre Dame coached by Digger Phelps and his star player at the time was Lafonso Ellis. Then they would move on to the regional semis where they face uh, North North Carolina State and they were able to beat them. That was a Jim Valvano coach team. Uh, Jim Valvano who we know himself won a NCAA championship and but they eventually lost in the regional finals to Duke to Mike Krzyzewski and his squad who had Danny Ferry on that team and a first year player by the name of Christian Leitner. So with, within the season also, John Thompson protested uh, in a game on January 14th, 1989 versus the versus Boston College in light of Proposition 48, which they amended it to 42. I'll talk about that in a minute. Proposition 48 and its race, racist implications. And to him, the SAT scores was a really big issue in that. Proposition 48 was 
the requirement of a student athlete to have a 2.0 grade average upon entering uh, a, a given college and a SAT score of 700 or higher. Failure to meet those standards mean revoking one's scholarship. So they later, later modified it to Proposition 42 where you could they could revoke the scholarship, but you could still apply for financial aid, so on and so forth. So, but still in John Thompson's mind, and in the mind of many, that it definitely had uh, disadvantages for for uh, lower socioeconomic um, students that wanted to come to the university. So. And many supported John Thompson in his, his um, protests where he walked off the court. In fact, some of his players wanted to do so. But John Thompson says, uh, no, no, you go ahead and you play the game. That I'll, I'll stand alone in this. And at that point, the assistant coach, Mike Riley, he took over coaching the team. So... Yeah, but many supported John Thompson, including the university president at the time, Timothy Healy, the the athletic director, Frank Rienzo, also Boston College coach who he was playing against at the time, uh, Jim O'Brien. He said he was 100% in support of what John Thompson did. American University coach Ed Tapscott, uh, Pittsburgh Panthers coach Paul Evans, who he called he called even he called it the most racist decision he's ever seen made, and his friend from Temple University, John Cheney, who himself staged his own protest. Um, following the his fellow college uh, coach uh, in John Thompson there so so uh, so that's the protests so in the next three seasons 1989 to 8 wait 1989 to 90 1990 to 91 1991 to 92 this is during the Alonzo morning Matumbo era uh, the team team yeah, did pretty good still 24 and 7 third in Big East 19 and 13 six in the Big East and then 22 and 10 uh, and that was second in the Big East but all three all three of those seasons they were only managed to reach the second round in each of those seasons uh, losing to in one year to Xavier under coach Pete Gillen uh, next year losing to in the second round to UNLV that powerhouse team coached by Jerry Tartania with Larry Johnson fantastic ball player also Stacy Augman uh, 
Anderson Hunt, and Greg Anthony. So that that squad there. Oh man! And then uh, the following season, they lost to uh, in the second round to Florida State. That team was coached by Pat Kennedy. Pat Kennedy, formerly of Iona, who where he had success there, and that team had uh, Doug Edwards on there and a guy named Sam Cassell. So, uh, an NBA player who he himself eventually would become a coach as well. So, Buff, a pretty good um, NBA player as well. And that would be the last of the 14 straight NCAA tournament appearances by Georgetown. This would be the last year of that in 2091. Um, no, that wasn't the last. Hold on. So. In any event, we move on to 1992-93. And then that and then 1993-94. Those are the years of Othello Harrington as his center and Jerome Williams, known as the Junkyard Dog. Uh in those two seasons. Yes. Yes, I'm I am saying it right. So it was 14 straight uh, NCAA appearances. Now, now they are among the. They go to the NIT. In 2000, not 2000, 1992-93, the team goes 20 and 13, finishing eighth in the Big East, and they end up the NIT runner-up. So. They go to the NIT tournament. And then the following year, they go 19 and 12. And they head back to the NCAA tournament. Where they won in the first round beating Illinois. Team coached by Lou, Ho Lou Henson. But they did lose in the second round to uh, Nolan Richardson and Arkansas Razorbacks. Who had a fantastic forward by the name of Corliss Williamson so so John Thompson makes a calculated gamble on a young man who was extremely talented in football and basketball but spent four months during his senior year um, in in jail for a brawl that took place in the Virginia bowling alley but he was eventually cleared of the charges. And that young man was Allen Iverson. So we begin the Allen Iverson era. Starting with 1994 to 95. That team goes 21 and 10. Finishing fourth in the Big East. And... They would go to the NCAA where they, the tournament, where they won in the first round, beating Skip, Skip Prosser's Xavier team. Then the second round, they, they would beat up, upset-minded 
uh, Weber State. And then they would lose in the regional semis to North Carolina under Dean Smith. So he meets Dean Smith yet again. This time Dean Smith is armed with uh, two pretty good players. Jerry Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace. So, And that team would finish 22nd in the final AP poll. And Iverson had such a great first season that he ended up being called the Big East Rookie of the Year in his freshman season. Then would come 1995-96, and this would be Iverson's sophomore year and his final year because he ends up declaring for the NBA. And in this season, they go 29-8. and They finished first in the Big East. Now, at that time, the Big East splintered because they had so many teams. Now, they had about 15 teams in the conference by then. So they splinter out, and they have two divisions. John Thompson finishes first in the Big East 7. So uh, they would win in the first round. They make it to the NCAA tournament. Win in the first round against Mississippi Valley. Second round, they would uh, play Dave Bliss's New Mexico team in the regional semis. They would... uh, face uh, John Dickey's team, the Texas Tech Raiders, who had on their squad Jason Sasser, pretty good player, and a player by the name of Darvin Ham, who we know today as the Lakers head coach. But they would lose in the regional finals. They lose to a UMass team who was coached by a young John Calipari and his star player was Marcus Camby. So, so, like I said, after that season, Iverson, with the blessing of John Thompson, declares for the NBA. In 1996-97, they would go 20-10, and 10, finishing first in that Big East 7. They would lose, however, in the first round to... Sh- to uh, Charlotte, and uh, and they they were coached by Melvin Watkins, so uh, they lost in the first round. And that season, the star of the team was Victor Page, who many uh, likened to Iverson in his style of play. He was the star of that team, but he, however, he leaves. After his sophomore season. And this would be the last. NCAA tournament appearance. By. Georgetown. Under John Thompson. Next two seasons. Were rough ones. Uh, 16 and 15. They would finish. Uh, that's that They finished at the bottom. Of the Big East. Seven. But they did get an NIT. Invitation which they made it to the second round. And then in 1998-99, John Thompson only coached 13 games, finishing 7-6 and before retiring from coaching. And he retired at the age of 57 
he cited marital problems for him leaving. Uh, Craig Escherich, he ends up taking over, and the team falls under 500 for the season, 15 and 16, guys. So, um, so John Thompson leaves, not in the fashion you would think, but he leaves nonetheless. So, um, so John Thompson, this is his life after basketball, coaching basketball. He would become the presidential consultant for urban affairs at the University of Georgetown. And also, John Thompson, he created the John Thompson Foundation to help improve the quality of life for disadvantaged children within the D.C. area and surrounding communities. He did this in the year uh, 2000. And as we continue with uh, some of the things that happened after basketball, he was scheduled to be on a flight on fl Amer American Airlines Flight 77. DC going to LA. He was to film a, he was supposed to be on a sports show in LA. And the date he was supposed to go on, 9 September 11th, 2001. And this was the flight that was hijacked by five Al Qaeda terrorists. And the, the flight that would eventually crash into the Pentagon, killing all 64 passengers, as well as 125 people that were in the building. His seat got canceled because, and I just read this, it got canceled because he, yes, the producer of the show moved his date uh, a day later so he got the ticket agent to do that to move his ticket however John did protest it but he eventually relented and said okay we'll do it the following day so and ironically enough John Thompson met the ticket agent who he had had the conversation with about cancel you know his uh, seat being canceled uh, 10 years later on the Jim Rome show. So, John Thompson would also become a commentator on TNT, where he interviewed several players for their interview series that they would run uh, kind of like bi monthly. And including in his sit downs, he sat down for an hour with Michael Jordan. He also had an emotional sit-down as well with Isaiah Ryder. I, I just watched that pretty good. If you ever get a chance, it's on YouTube to watch that that interview. And the thing about John Thompson's interview, they were so it came from an honest place, and he was able to play both sides of the questioning. You know, the questions that fans would want to know, and then kind of what detractors would say and so forth he was a master at doing that he also was the host of the john thompson show which he he um did shortly after retiring from coaching this show was on espn 980 and also locally 
on WTEM. And he was on, he did that show for 13 years. He ended it in, in February 2012. Also, they built a new arena at Georgetown and named it after him, the John R. Thompson Intercollegiate Athletic Center. And they did this in 2016. Uh, and that's with a statue of him in the front. Key contributors to building that. Uh, Patrick Ewan and his agent David Falk gave a substantial amount of money towards that. As well as former Georgetown alums Jeff Green and Roy Hibbert amongst the contributors there. And then, and then his passing, he would, he would pass on August 30th, 2020, three days, ironically enough, before his uh, 79th birthday. So, and then months before his autobiography hit the shelves, I came as a shadow and John Thompson passed at his home in Arlington, Virginia, with his family by his side. Uh, John Thompson had two sons, John Thompson III, who a Princeton grad who would coach there. And also, he coached there from 2000 to 2004. And in 2004, he would take the mantle of coaching Georgetown following the footsteps of his father and he would coach that team from 2004 to 2017 and his other son Ronnie Thompson uh, he would he would try his hand at coaching as well he had a coaching job with Ball State he had that job in 2006 2007 he would later become a TV commentator on NBA TV. And most recently, he's been closely associated with, uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. He's been, he has association with uh, other sports figures as well. And, He's just, uh, he's been out there in the public eye, nonetheless. And then he, and then he had one daughter as well, Tiffany Thompson. So the legacy that John Thompson leaves behind, his staunch attention to playing defense, that was his hallmark. His fierce defend, being a fierce defender of his players. So much so, the media deemed it Hoya paranoia, which he didn't take a liking to that that um, phrase there. The white towel draped over his shoulder, which he did as a loving tribute to his mother. His mother, when she cleaned kitchens, she would have this white towel draped over her shoulder, which she used either to dry her hands while she was washing or to dry, to dry the plates. So, um, so that's where the white towel over his shoulder came from. So, uh, 
And of course, he was a trailblazer for black coaches and also for women in men's college basketball as well. His friends, among his friends, were HBCU coaches John McClendon, uh, actually the first African American coach of a predominantly white university where he did that at Cleveland State. Clarence Big House Gaines of Winston-Salem. John Cheney, who, of course, I talked about, uh, the Temple coach. And George Raveling. Um, remember, he, they competed for the Georgetown uh, back in 1972. They became friends as well. And George Raveling coaches, coached places like Washington State, Iowa, and uh, USC. So, all right, guys. So that is that is John Thompson's history there. After basketball, we will go with listening his accolades, and then we'll have a few quotes from himself and from others. So, his accolades read as such. Some of them I cited already. Uh, a second team parade All-American, which um, he was named at in 1960 while playing at Archbishop Carroll High School. And then honorable mention All-American by the Associated Press. And that was during his senior year in 1964 with Providence and two-time NBA champion with the Boston Celtics. That was in 1965 and 1966, those seasons there. In his 27 years of coaching, he goes 596 and 239. He won 71.4% of his games, guys. That's great stuff there. He went to the 14 straight NCAA tournament appearances. 24 overall straight postseason appearances, 20 for the NCAA, and then four for the NIT. So he's a two time ECAC Southern Region champ, and that division is the Eastern College Athletics Conference. So he, um, he was the tournament champion there. Also, he was the ECAC Tournament South Upstate Region Champ. He did that as well. Just, um, yeah, he did that just prior to joining the Big East. And in the Big East, he was a five-time Big East Regular Season Champ, two-time Big East Seven Division Champ. Remember, they split the... Um, divisions within the Big East. So he was two-time Big East 7 champ. Six times he was a Big East tournament champion. He did that six times within his career. He made the Final Four three times. He was NCAA champion once. Now for his coaching accolades. Three times he was named Big East, Big East Coach of the Year. Four times he was named National Coach of the Year. Once with the 
USBWA, which is later named the Hank Alba Award. He did that in uh, 1982. The Sporting News Coach of the Year, which he got in 1984. The National Association Basketball Coaches Award, he got that in 1985. And then the UPI, United Press International College Basketball Player, not player, Coach of the Year. And he got that award in 1987. 27 of his players, not 27, 26 actually, of his players were drafted in the NBA. Two, two of those players, number one overall picks, that would be Patrick Ewing and Allen Iverson. And he coached four Naismith Basketball Hall of Famers. During his stay at Georgetown. Of course Ewing. Allen Iverson. Alonzo Mourning. And Dukembe Mutombo. He was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame himself. In 1999. And then the College Basketball Hall of Fame. In its inaugural season. Which was 2006. His most impressive accolade, guys, is this one to me. Of the 78 players who finished the four years, that who did their full four years at Georgetown, 76 of those 78 players earned bachelor degrees, giving him a 97% rate. Outstanding stuff, guys. And that was his life's mission right there in a nutshell, so... Uh, So, definitely kudos to John Thompson in that regard. Now, let's go to portion I like to call, in this instance, what did he say? And then afterwards, we'll do what others say about him. A a few of his quotes. (laughs) First one, I tell everyone I speak two languages fluently. English and profanity. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He had a colorful language, guys. Let's let's just put it that way. He, this is what he would tell his players. I don't coach their team. They play on my team. So he makes it clear that John Thompson is the one in charge, guys. So um, this is what John Thompson had to say about Bill Russell and his two, two years of um, playing with him. Russ was the first person I knew who embraced his blackness. Bill Russell did at and at that time, which you know, um, you know, was a volatile time in our country, with the racial uprest that was taking place in the fight for civil rights. So, to see a black person who walked fully in his blackness definitely rubbed off on John Thompson that's for sure I and this is what he had to say about uh, Red Arback I've never been around a man who managed men in my life better than Red Arback particularly the egos he had to deal deal with the cross cultures he had to deal with and all the variations in the kinds of people 
that I saw him be associated with. And this is what John Thompson had to say about Red Arback upon his passing, which he passed in 2006. It had to mean more to me than just winning a game. This is John Thompson on coaching, you know, the importance of coaching. So to him, it had to mean more than just winning a game. And this is what he had to say about Patrick Ewan, and especially in that that title game against North Carolina, where he got off to the start with the four goaltends. When Patrick makes an impression early, that impression t- tends to last. So um, he wanted Patrick to establish himself early in that contest, which he did. Now, this is what John Thompson had to say about when a reporter asked him during the Final Four in 1982, the one in which he was the first black coach to do so, um, does he feel a sense of pride about being the first to get there? I resent the hell out of that question. It implies that I'm the first black man to be accomplished enough and intelligent enough to do this it's an insult to my race there have been plenty of others who could have gotten here if they've been given the opportunity they deserve so uh, John Thompson not afraid to bristle at the notion of such uh, such an idea there of being prideful where there was actual denial for black coaches to get opportunities. This is what John Thompson said in a Time Magazine interview, and it parlays with uh, the quote I just mentioned. I couldn't give a damn what people thought about Georgetown basketball. So, John Thompson marching to his own drum, of course. (coughs) This is what John Thompson's said in comparing his coaching style to directing a play. I'm going to pick the script. I'm going to give them their roles. They're the actors. Their job is to learn those roles. That's what practice is about. When we go out on the court, that's our stage. Out there, we're supposed to perform as we practice. I don't want anybody making up new lines, putting putting on their own act. So that's John Thompson once again letting his players know who the boss is. This is what John Thompson had to say with the meeting that he had with with uh upon learning uh about Rayford Edmund the third's involvement with his players. This is what he had to say prior prior to that meeting we cannot close ourselves off from the whole of society anybody who experienced the Lynn bias situation knows we cannot isolate ourselves seal ourselves off from people we better start confronting these problems so so John Thompson knew right at the start and he referenced a very 
serious situation that took place with Lynn Bias. I hope to one day do a play a spotlight on him. Uh, what a what a ball player he was, but his life was cut short. Um, nonetheless, but he brings that situation forth to bring light to the issue he had with this gentleman befriending Alonzo Mourning and John Turner. So, um, and it's very rev, um, um, that's for sure. So let's continue. Don't let the sum of your existence be eight to 10 pounds of air. Relevant, I'm sorry. What, what was I thinking? The word I was thinking of relevant. Sorry, guys. Don't let the sum of your existence be eight to 10 pounds of air. That's what John Thompson said about the deflated ball that he keeps in his office. You know, when players come in, I'm sure they ask, why, why deflated ball, coach? And that's, that's his reasoning behind that. This is on him being his authentic self. I'm not trying to be anything other than what I am. And I'm really not certain what that is. <laughs> so, John Thompson, being authentic, yet still kind of winging it in that regard. What I hope to do, okay, this is what he said in his about his protest, his protest of the Proposition 48. What I hope to do is bring attention to the fact that this proposition is very much discriminatory. I'm beginning to feel like the kid from the lower socioeconomic background who has been invited to dinner, had dessert, and is now asked to leave. So, that's his feelings there. And this is what he had to say about his critics who call him racist for recruit recruiting mainly black players. I'm not going to get down on my knees and say I'm not racist. That That's the most idiotic and degrading thing that I could do. So, and this is what he had to say, which fueled a rivalry between Syracuse University. Um, and this is upon him handing Syracuse their final loss on on uh, the court before they would transition over to the carrier gnome. Manly Fieldhouse is officially closed. So, <clears throat> one moment. <clears throat> so, so John Thompson taking a shot at Syracuse in that regard, something that fueled the rivalry between himself, Jim Bayheim, and Syracuse, and of course Georgetown. So. So those are the those are some of the quotes. He has more, but uh, I want to get to the what others have to say about him. So uh, let's get into those, shall we? All right. So this is what others had to say about John Thompson. So let's start off with 
Paul Tagliabu, a Georgetown alum, a captain of the 1981, not 81, the 1961-62 basketball team, and also a former NFL commissioner. Coach Coach Thompson is a legend, not only for what he did for Georgetown basketball, but for his impact on academic standards for athletes and our nation's standards and policies and other critical challenges. John is a hero for what he did for scholar athletes. So that's a statement from Paul Tagliabu. And this is from Todd Boyd, a professor of race and culture at USC. This is what he had to say about John Thompson. In the world of college basketball, Coach Thompson is certainly in a class by himself. He didn't win as many titles as John Wooden and Coach K, but what he meant to the sport of college basketball is in many ways far more important than championships. So that's Professor Todd Boyd saying that about John Thompson. Now, this one is from Val Ackerman. Val Ackerman is the current Big East commissioner, and she was a former commissioner for the WNBA at its inception in 1997. This is what she had to say about John Thompson. John can be directly credited with establishing the Big East's national profile and propelling us to college basketball's top tier. His dedication to the game of basketball was eclipsed by his unabashed determination to challenge norms and call out social injustices. And we are deeply saddened that the quest for racial equality has lost one of its most powerful advocates. That is from Val Ackerman. This is from Dr. John D. Giolia, uh, the president, the current president of Georgetown, and this is what he had to say about John Thompson. He challenged us to live up to our values and enable us to see new possibilities for ourselves and for the impact we could have on the world. John will be remembered for many things, his historic achievements the lives he shaped, his advocacy for social and racial justice, but most important of all, the authenticity through which he lived his life. That is from the president of Georgetown. This is from uh, Patrick Ewan. He's done so much to impact my life and the people he coached and mentored along the way. He was a great coach, but an even better person, and his legacy is everlasting. That is from Patrick Ewing. This is from Dikembe Mutombo, another one of his players. Our legendary Georgetown coach has passed away. He was my mentor, great teacher, a hero, and a father figure. 
to so many who got the chance to play for him. Under Coach Thompson, I learned a lot about the game of basketball, but most importantly, I learned how to be a man in society. This is from Dikembe Mutombo. Although Coach Thompson, I'm sure, would bristle at the notion of being a father figure, which he actually uh, quotes saying he's not a father figure to his players. They all have parents, mothers, and fathers. And I think you insult those people when you call me a father figure to their sons. It is not my intention to be a crusader for this cause or that cause. I don't want to be a social worker. So John Thompson would say that. But, you know, to many of you guys, they saw him that way as a father figure. So I don't think it's to take away from their parents. It's just to say how much of an influence he was. So, um, So there's that. Another one of his former players, uh, Fred Brown, would say, Coach Thompson taught me a great deal and brought my horizons. I still remember him speaking whole practices, just discussing things with us. It was a great classroom, and one of the most important things he taught me involved a perspective which goes beyond the immediate that is from Fred Brown. And this is a tweet from Alan Iverson. Thanks for saving my life, coach. I'm going to miss you, but I'm sure you're looking down on us with a big smile. I would give anything just to hear one more phone call from you, only to hear you say, hey, MF. <laughs> Again, the colorful language. And then we would talk about everything except basketball. And that's a tweet from Alan Iverson. And he also mentions that in his Hall of Fame speech, Alan Iverson does about Coach Thompson as well. So huge respect he has for his coach. This is from Jay Billis. Rest in peace, John Thompson. One of the game's greatest coaches. His teams were smart disciplined and ferocious on defense. Thompson was thoughtful and forceful on social issues and always took the principled stance. A true giant on the floor and off. And that's from Jay Billis, uh, college basketball commentator, former Duke alum as well. This is from John Calipari, a coaching contemporary of his Coach John Thompson passed away last night. The Hall of Fame coach was a life changer for so many. He was a great coach who built some of the best college teams of all time. His players were a who's who of college basketball. Truly an icon in his time. Coach Thompson was. And let's go to the Twitterverse to see... What else is being uh, others who had statements to say about him? This is what Bill Russell said about about uh, John Thompson upon his learning him learning of his passing. Very sad to hear of my friend and teammate John Thompson's passing this morning. Our thoughts are with his family and all the men he brought through Georgetown. 
and the impact he had on so many lives. He will be greatly missed. Rest in peace, my friend. And we, of course, recently lost Bill Russell as well. Uh, may both men rest in peace, of course. This is a statement from Adam Silver upon uh, John Thompson's passing. John Thompson influenced the lives and careers of generations of NBA players as a Hall of Fame coach and devoted mentor. John loved the game and was passionate about teaching its values, which were also on display during his time as a NBA broadcaster. His impact extended far beyond his accomplishments as a two-time NBA champion and an NCAA championship winning coach with John inspiring so many including me by using his powerful voice to fight for social justice and speak out against racial inequality we extend our deepest condolences to John John's family friends and many players and coaches who benefited from his wisdom and guidance that is from Adam Silver of Commissioner of the NBA. This is what Shannon Sharp said on his show Undisputed about him. Uh, this what they captioned. As an African American to have the kind of cachet he had, people looked at him like Coach Dean Smith. He was the father figure in this that's the phrase to a lot of guys and the impact he had on the game will be unmatched. That's from Shannon Sharp of Undisputed, of course, Hall of Famer in his own right in football. And this is from Mike Wilbon, who had plenty more to say, but um, this is what they captioned. John Thompson was a dominating figure in the Washington landscape. That's what uh, Michael Wilbon had to say. This statement is from Ted Leonce, the owner of the Washington Wizards. Coach Thompson was unabashed in his protection, mentoring, and love of his players. He was a father figure, yeah, as well as the most demanding coach, and they all loved him for it. A pioneer where sports, culture, and the civil rights movement all co co coalesced. coalesced. He displayed ferocious integrity, and in a city full of great monuments, he stood as a giant. It left an indelible mark on Washington, D.C., on Georgetown University, and on basketball. That's from Ted Leonce. And this is a statement from Michael Jordan. Coach Thompson was truly a great man and a legend in college basketball. He had such a profound impact on his players and was a father figure to many of them. I admired him and loved him dearly. My deepest condolences to his family and Georgetown community. Uh, this is from Tim Legler, a um, former NBA player and now a analyst. The basketball world lost one of the great ones in the passing of John Thompson. 
I cherish our conversation conversations over the years. He truly understood the impact you could have on the young men you coach that goes far beyond the court. A great man and a, a great coach and an even better man. Rest in peace, coach. And I want to find, finally, I want to close out with the statement from the family. What the family had to say. Bear with me one second. But this was such, such a learning experience for myself of what Coach Thompson did. You know, he had such an impact. Such an impact when it came to, of course, fighting for social issues and so forth. But to me, it what he did at Georgetown crossed really crossed into the inner cities all over America, to be honest. There was a pride about guys wearing the Georgetown jackets and swag, you know, that the college uh, sells. Um, in fact, um, my best buddy there, he... He got him a Georgetown jacket. He 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 got on the boat early when it came to having love for Georgetown. So um, Chuck D of Public Enemy also uh, his his group uh, definitely represented Georgetown as well. And you could see the sort of swag that they had on the court kind of spill over to other programs like. Those running rebels of uh, UNLV, you think about Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman, and those guys there. Then we talk about the Fab Five of Michigan University. Uh, those guys there, Chris Weber, Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard, and Jimmy King, Ray Jackson. You think of those guys as well. So um, definitely his impact and that school's impact really resonated with many folks, many black folks, that's for sure. So with that said, let me read this final statement, then we're done. This is from his family. We are heartbroken to share the news of the passing of our father, John Thompson Jr. Our father was an inspiration to many, and devoted his life to developing young people, not simply on, but most, most importantly, off the court. He is revered as a historical shepherd of the sport, dedicated to the welfare of his community above all else. However, for us, his greatest legacy remains as a father, grandfather, uncle, and friend. More than a coach, he was our foundation. More than a legend, he was the voice of in our ear every day. We will miss him, but are grounded in the assurance that we carry his faith and determination in us. We cherish forever his strength, courage, wisdom, and boldness, as well as his unfailing love. We know that he will be missed Deeply missed by many, and our family appreciates your condolences and prayers. And don't worry about him, because as he always liked to say, 
Big Ace is cool. <laughs> so that is the statement that the family made uh, upon the passing of their patriarch, John Thompson Jr. So, folks, with that said, we're going to end the podcast here. There's so much that was talked about here, but uh, again, we salute you, John Thompson Jr., in your passing. Uh, of course, uh, be at rest. Um, be at rest, and we just thank you for your contribution to the game of basketball, not only on the court, but impacting lives of those that you coached and mentored, and you see evidence of it in the great men that they have become uh, after basketball as well. So uh, kudos to you. We take our hats off to you and we thank you for your contribution to not only the game of basketball, but the game of life. With that said, I'm going to end it here, guys. One more player spotlight left for the month of February, Black History Month. So stay with us. It's going to be a treat, guys. And once again, if you want to contribute to our this podcast here, you can do it through Anchor. You can do it through Buy Me a Coffee. I have that now set up on my website. And of course, for reviews, leave it on my website, on podcast, on Apple Podcasts, rather. You can leave reviews there as well. On YouTube, hit the like button. And as well as you can make comments there. All right. So I'm ending it here, guys. Thanks once again for listening. And we'll talk soon. Take care. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd.com at gmail.com to support this podcast you can go to my paypal and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com also on my anchor page I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast I'm on all the major platforms like anchor, spreaker google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, Castbox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also, you can find me on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.